Blog Talk Radio. that 
you know, throwing eggs was going to mess up the paint on the car. So I said, okay, well, you know, I don't think you really go back. <laughs> well, let me say that again. <laughs> Some people go back to the scene of the crime. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I, I would be one to, to do that. But for those who choose not to uh, go back to see if the results of their act really were true, I decided to kind of just, you know, look up the concept if eggs, you know, can really ruin a car's paint job. And I know that uh, paint has, you know, and the creation or, excuse me, how they make it and the, the different uh, chemical chemicals that they use now are a lot better than, than back in the day. Uh, but I just wanted to see if that's still true. So I looked up an article, an article uh, from 2014 that actually asked the question, um, that somebody posed there were driving concerns, can an egg really ruin my car's paint job? <clears throat> so indulge me for just a, a little bit as I uh, talk about this just for a few minutes uh, from the quote-unquote experts or, you know, people who deal with paint a lot more than me. So, uh, you know, I know what I was told growing up, but I want to get it from people who kind of do this all the time or kind of research this type of stuff because it really goes into the analogy that I want to make for uh, some, of the, some of the issues and the topics that I'd like to talk about today uh, with regards to what's going on uh, here in the United States and probably not just the United States, but just kind of around the world and how uh, humanity is being affected by the few people who are really uh, making decisions and pulling the purse strings um, in this country and around the world. So can an egg really ruin a car's paint job? Now, so again, as I said, just indulge me. I want you to get it word for word, and this article isn't very long, but I'm going to read a few portions of it. Throwing eggs at cars isn't a harmless yoke. If the egg isn't washed off quickly, it can cost you as much as $15,000 to repaint your car. Now, again, I, I don't want you to think that uh, this is necessarily coming from me. Um, obviously, you can Google anything. Um, so this came from the Globe and Mail. And again, I told you it was posted uh, back in January 21st of, of 2014, and it was updated a few months after that. So the latest version was March 25th of 2014. Uh, and so the shell can cause scratches on the clear coat. They can be superficial or deep enough to go right through the base coat, says Daryl Roberts. He's a professor in the School of Transportation at Toronto Centennial College. The yolk of the egg is the worst. It's the acidic, uh, excuse me, it's acidic and can eat through the clear coat and stain or damage the base coat. Now, if your car has been hit by eggs, obviously you want to walk, make sure that you wash it uh, to get the acidic yolk off like immediately. But we all know that if somebody's doing this in, as revenge, 
you don't see it. You don't know when it's happening, so you come upon it, or you may not come upon it for days and days, potentially, uh, just because uh, not everybody decides to check out their car or the, every aspect of their car um, every single day. So it could be out of sight and out of mind for a very long period of time. But obviously, this article continues to go on that the longer it sits, the more damage it can cause. Ideally, you'd want to wash it off before the eggs are dry. Uh, that's because egg whites are used to make waterproof glue. So once they dry, they're not coming off easily. Very interesting. <laughs> and then the article says that if it does happen, you want to be gentle, obviously uh, carefully removing many uh, as many of the scratchy sh shell pieces before you start washing. Um, if the egg has dried, you may need some help to get that egg off. Now, there are fixes. Um, there are things that you can do, but I don't necessarily want to go into that. So obviously, from reading this article, um, you can see that eggs can do a lot of damage. Uh, and there is a price to pay. So the, the ending part of this article talks about it being a very pricey prank. Egging was in the news this month, uh, along with plenty of egg puns, after Justin Bieber was accused of throwing eggs at a neighbor's house in uh, Calabas, uh, Calabasas. Excuse me, I butchered that name, California, reportedly causing $20,000 in damage. We wondered how much damage a cart of eggs could do to a car. So if the whole car was pelted with eggs, the cost of repainting it could range from $5,000 to $15,000, Robert says. If the damage is isolated, repainting individual panels could cost between $500 to and $1,000. Now, uh, if caught, the pranksters would face charges of mischief under the Criminal Code of Canada, says the OPP. So that's there, but this is kind of just giving you a range um, based off of some, probably uh, some research. But I brought that up because, um, as we know, kind of the overarching uh, title for today is um, Egg on Your Face Never Feels Good, But You Must Love It. And so that speaks to the fact that we continue to have these cycles that continue to happen in this country. Um, <clears throat> and these are cycles that kind of boggle my mind in the sense because uh, I've been around um, psychotherapy, I've been around uh, the ideal of counseling uh, for quite some time on many different levels, and we would call these types of cycles in those areas, in those fields, people would need help. <laughs> and obviously, to most people, we could see that there is help that needs to to happen within this country. But the cycle partially has come from within, and that within is the American people who
who continue to vote in the same people to elected offices who never change their ideology and the results of their decision making, which people say that they, you know, you want to argue it one way or another. I don't, I'm not, and as you notice, I'm not leaning on one side or the other because there's a lot of culpability on either side of the aisle. But when you look at the results, the results show that your decision making is not beneficial to the American people. So why should you keep your job? If, if, if the American people who are hired by companies are evaluated and their body of work is evaluated on a yearly basis, as a matter of fact, most companies and most places of employment give you the first 90 days to decide whether they want to keep you or not. And so you're under a heavy micro- microscope that you're doing your job properly so that you can keep your employment. The American people have hired politicians, elected officials to do a job for the American people. And I feel, and many Americans feel on both sides of the aisle, that is unacceptable one, as I've said before, the number of days that you all choose to work or not to work, just so flippantly, yet your salaries are guaranteed and they've increased, and American salaries have not increased for extremely more work being done and a greater microscope put on that type of work. When you have millions of people's lives in your hands, but you can so flippantly not show up to work, not do the job that the American people pay you to do from tax dollars. And so when you make decisions that screw up the rest of America, yeah, you've guaranteed your way of living. I believe that there's a problem with that. And that's something that needs to change within this country, which is why, again, I'll say so that people don't think that I'm biased. And there's always going to be biases with with people um, in the sense of how we're raised and what our interests are. But I do agree with the person that's sitting in the seat of president currently that there should be term limits and not just term limits for the president but term limits for anyone that's in power. Because what you continue to see, as I stated before, is this cycle. And it's a cycle of destruction that always comes out of nowhere for most people because most people don't pay attention to the things that you all are doing on a daily basis. And so even this week, the egg on the face is the fact that This individual who sits in the seat of president sold a bag of goods to a base of Americans who, for some reason, 
feel somewhere in the sky, somewhere I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they see it, that those individuals that they seem to align with politically falling under this cloud of conservatism has not and is not designed to work for them. So your vote for them will not do anything but continue to get you egg on your face. And each time you get egg on your face, it's a very costly proposition. And so it's not only going to hurt you in your pocketbook, but it's going to hurt you in areas where you claim to hold so dear. And I think we have to step back and also examine why we feel in this country this insatiable need to control people. Now, let me say, as I make that statement, that there are some things that are pretty uh, common to, to most people across this world. There's some basic things that everybody understands that human beings need. Even those individuals who have, uh, uh, even the individuals who have less than good thoughts about other groups and cultures of people understand that human beings need air to breathe, we need water to drink, and we need food to survive. So those are common across the board. And, and pretty common across the board is that understanding that you should not commit murder, that you should not extinguish the life of another individual. So uh, there's some commonality uh, with respects to certain things that we need in this country, or not in just this country, but across the world. But we need to examine why people feel this (laughs) insatiable desire to control people to dominate people, uh, to belittle people. When history shows that those measures may work in the short term and it may last for quite some time, but eventually there is an end to that. And that end is never a pleasant end. And so what's remarkable to me is to, again, read the documents that we have for the United States of America, the founding documents, and to see, again, some very eloquent language that points to equality and those that point back to those founding fathers Point back to those documents, yet you can continue to daily do things purposely measured, calculated to harm the individuals that you say that you're working on the behalf of. So it really doesn't boil down to, uh, there's a couple of things that it boils down to. It it boils down to not only... this idea of the great divide within uh, the economic uh, 
side of things between the rich and the poor and that gap continuing to grow, which is a direct result of our politicians and the policies that you've decided to put in place. So it's not me just randomly saying this out of my mouth. It's following the trail and it's following the cycle. The cycle that anytime somebody new or uh, or a group begins to make progress or catches up to your game or plays it better than you, you find a way, a calculated way, devised way, a way that you slide in under the coat of dark and you throw the egg where you know it's not going to be noticed. And you cause all of this damage for people that is so unnecessary. But you say that you care about this country and you care about the people of the country. But when you look at the results of your activities, they only show a very calculated method of funneling money to a very small percentage of people in this country and then around the world. So this week, because of the cycle continuing, this cycle of moving forward, yet taking many steps backward by electing someone who, again, clearly is not qualified for that position. And it's very interesting how everybody touts him to be this great businessman so you're saying it's, you, you become great because you can file bankruptcy several times and use the benefit and the coverage of that to borrow more money and continue to grow your business. That makes you intelligent. That makes you smart. That makes you a great businessman. Well, I, I tend to differ with that. And then if you were such a great businessman, you would know or should know and have the expertise to know that you would want to put in people in high positions that have experience. And we know that your choices, either for personal ideological reasons or because of money, have been put in posts that have absolutely no experience at all. So then you have to say that you're, and and I'll point to several of those, uh, uh, but but many of you have already seen the headlines of of the education uh, director uh, that was put in that post, has absolutely no experience. Regardless of where your ideology falls, if the Constitution allows for freedom of religion, freedom of all of the freedoms that it allows for, it's very, very puzzling how everything, the policies that are out there that you're trying to control everything that everybody does. If a person's life and what they choose to do in their life 
is not infringing on the right of another individual, then I think we need to step back on how we try to police and control what people are doing. If there's no crime being committed, because I'm, I'm not for abuse, I'm not advocating any sort of abuse. So I understand that there are certain laws that have to be in place, but there are certain things that just go entirely too far. So you, you say the founding fathers fought for all these freedoms, yet you're trying to exacerbate so many controlling factors on the American people. And then you do it in such a manner that destroys anything, any gains that might have been, uh, that might have come along the way over the years. Very calculated. And so, yes, term limits, I totally agree with. Totally agree with. There are so many individuals that are in the House of Representatives and that are in the Senate that should not be there anymore because your track record has shown and proven that you, 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 you've not done anything. That would be unacceptable for the American public on a job. That would be unacceptable. And so now we need to speak back and say what is unacceptable for from our political leaders. You have not done your job. Bye. See you later. On Friday, March the 24th, Trump taps anti-LGBTQ activist Roger Severino excuse me, to lead HHS Civil Rights Office. And this is uh, an article that was written by Aaron Rook. This week, President Donald Trump quietly appointed anti-LGBTQ activist Roger Severino to lead the Department of Health and Human Services Offices of Civil Rights, OCR, an office whose work he has actively opposed. So he has spoken out against civil rights protections that he now will be asked and tasked with upholding and supporting. So I find it very interesting, again, this break with ideology. I understand that people have differing views. People have different tastes. They have different likes. And again, I'm not saying what a person has to or doesn't have to like or a lifestyle that people choose or choose don't choose. Uh, but I think it's rather interesting, again, how especially Republicans espouse to these freedoms that you expect Americans to have. You want to be able to say whatever it is you want to say out of your mouth. And you don't want any repercussions from that. You want to be able to do whatever you want to do. You want to be able to, the right to, to, to bear arms and all these different things. But yet, and still, your policies go in and infringe on people's rights inside their households just this week. Just this week. The vote was to allow, and this is so, so crazy because I've got it right here in front of me. But just this week, or within the past week, I should say, 
instead of helping Americans, Senate Republicans voted to take retirement accounts away from low-income workers. So instead of allowing states to create retirement accounts for low-income workers who employers did not have to provide them, they decided to take that away. So it's interesting that you're saying that you you came in, you said you were going to make America great again, you were going to bring back uh, a job, you were going to raise American, uh, middle America's wages. That's not happened. All the decisions you made thus far have only benefited the rich. Yet you will say that there's no facts in that, but the decisions that you've made and the decisions that your fellow Republicans have made prove differently. It's controlling factor that you have wanting to control people. Okay, just this week, House Republicans vote to let your internet service provider share your web history. Why? Why would you do something like that? If you're talking about you want to protect the rights of the individual American people, yet you're selling out the American people for some money because that's what it boils down to. These corporations who give money to your campaign are benefiting from the fact that you have just made this ruling. So you're not about the American people. You're about business. You're about the wealthy 1%. And you've devised a system. This system is not a democracy, and it's not really even a republic, as some people would like to describe it. To me, I mean, it seems more, much more like a layered monarchy. So in those senses, which, and, and there's, there's more. So I know there's a huge debate about, uh, you know, abortion. So I don't want this show to get into that in the sense of of debating that. I have my own personal views, and so does everybody else's. And uh, I don't believe mine should trump anybody else's, uh, as well as I don't believe anybody else's should should overshadow mine in that sense. We all have a, a, a belief that's rooted and grounded in some type of belief system about that. But, of course, because we knew where he stood on this issue, Mike Pence, on March the 30th, well, this came out on, in this article, and this particular article is written by Laura Bassett. Mike Pence breaks the Senate tie to allow states to defund Planned Parenthood uh, the day after he attended a woman's empowerment event. So, again, you show your face to say or to give the illusion that you're supporting women, that you're supporting minority groups or or whatever, because you have this big to-do in the White House with uh, the uh, presidents of the different HBCUs, this illusion that you really care, and you really don't. And so um, one of the questions I, I pose to people who call themselves educated, who say that they really care uh, about, you know, these things that they want to see changed in this in this country, when are you going to stop continuing to throw egg on your own face? 
at what point does the stench get so bad where you say you don't want to smell this type of crap anymore, right? When do you change dysfunction? When do you make that step to go into rehab and say that this system is just not working and we need to do something else? What? I don't get it, but I do get it. But then here's the contradiction, and this is what I've said so many times. The contradiction comes in because you're trying to control everybody else's life and what people do in their bedrooms and what and, and what people do and this and that and how they spend money and things. Yet you will say some crazy crap out of your mouth and then try to justify it, just like the one that's sitting in the presidential seat right now. All the crazy crap that he has said out of his mouth that had anybody else said that, well, that's not a white male, would have never made it to that position. And this is from Aaron Corbett, March 22nd, 2017. Oklahoma State Representative says that rape and incest are the will of God in abortion bill hearings. Now I I I just felt I was flabbergasted when I saw that tagline for the title of this article. So I I want to read a portion of it. It's not a very lengthy article, but I want to read a portion of it because uh, this these are actual words from this person who is a representative, a representative, an elected official in this country, Oklahoma. The state of Oklahoma, again, so on Tuesday, the Oklahoma House met to discuss engrossment of its controversial House Bill 1549, which would prohibit anyone from seeking an abortion in the case of a genetic abnormality. Oklahoma State Representative Corey Williams asked Representative George Fought, who authored the bill, if rape is the will of God. And here's his response. Well, you know, if you read the Bible, there's actually a couple circumstances where that happened, thought began. The Lord uses all circumstances. I mean, you can go down the path, but it's a reality, unfortunately, he said. Williams follow up asking if incest is the will of God. Same answer. Doesn't deal with this bill, thought said. Williams argued that the question matter to the legislation, given that Fought was unwilling to make exceptions in the case of rape or incest. And he says, you are preferring a divine intervention as a reason why you don't think this, or so I think that it is very important. This body wants to know, and myself personally, whether you believe rape and incest are actually the will of God, Williams questioned it. It's a great, great question to ask, said Falk. And obviously, if it happens in someone's life, it may be, it may not be the best thing that ever happened. But so you're saying that God is not sovereign with every activity that happens in someone's life and can't use anything and everything in someone's life. And I disagree with that. So these are the type of people that you want making decisions in this country. 
And one of the things, this freedom of religion, whose religion are you are you uh, saying that you're espousing to? Because I'm not sure that I want to follow someone or have someone making policy who has that type of belief. Yet I don't hear, although it is an article and that it is out there, I don't see any clamor about that. I don't hear any clamor about the injustice that is happening for black men across this country, which has never stopped. So, you know, although I applaud those individuals and and applaud those um, groups that are out there that are, you know, um, protesting, this is not, that's another cycle that has never stopped from the beginning. Black men have always been a target in this country. And until we make that a topic of conversation as well, we're going to continue to have this cycle of dysfunction that happens within this country. And when it really comes down to it, it comes down at the end of the day to how you're going to treat people. How you can call yourself a Christian and quote the Bible as many Republicans love to try to do and 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 live this life under this veiled uh, cloud of conservatism. Your own contradiction out of your own mouth shows that you aren't a Christian because if you can say that you love God, you're made in his image, but yet you can destroy his very creation and set out to and purposely try to destroy his creation. You're not a Christian. You're not showing and espousing love on any scale at all. As a matter of fact, you're a disgrace to the things that I've read that come from the Bible. You don't come anywhere close to being an example of a Christian. So no, I don't want you making any policy for me because you're one of the worst types of people there are because you try to hold, you try to hide, excuse me, under this cloak of of religion. You are part of the problem in this country. There's nothing that I've done in my life that that would go against anybody else. I don't bother anybody else. Yet, because of the color of my skin, you will say that I, many of you will say that I need to die. Why? Done absolutely nothing to you. Don't know you. Don't want to know you. Have no interest in knowing you, probably. But that sounds like the 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 mindset of a madman, of someone who's crazy. But yeah, you try to fool the American people every so many years that you really care about what's going on in this country. I'm sorry you don't, but I can tell you what you do care about. You care you and and to me, you really care about you really enjoy the dysfunction. Because you see it, it's almost like you plan it and you see it and you get your jollies off of it. An article back in 2015, April 28th, an article written by Michael Cohen. He's a writer from Staten Island, New York. 
And he writes an article about how for-profit prisons have become the biggest lobbyers that no one is talking about. They now rake in about $3.3 billion in annual revenue. And the federal prison population more than doubled between 2000 and 2010. And I guarantee you the people that look like me probably filled them up more so than anybody else. So that's what you care about. You care about the almighty dollar. You don't care about the American people. So stop saying it. I would rather you just be completely honest and say, you know what, I'm just trying to make, I'm trying to make my money. I would respect you so much more for saying, I just want to make my money and I'm going to make it how I want to make it because that's what you do anyway. It's really a sad shame that, that you can make this much money off of, off of individuals instead of investing. Now you cut funding for education. You're trying to cut funding for everything, uh, any services, because you try to lie to the American people and say that these uh, entitlements or these uh, services that you're providing, these tax dollars, are, are, are a drain on the economy. And that's a lie. It's a bold-faced lie, and it's been proven that it's a lie, that that's a very small percentage of the, uh, of the money that we spend out for defense, going over and destroying other stuff in other people's countries and, and, and giving money away to other that is what's been shown to be more important than our people here. People that you could be spending money on their education, making sure and ensuring your American citizens have the tools they need to be successful in society. But you won't do that. You'll cut that just so you can make a few extra dollars. And then you complain about having to walk in a neighborhood because you're scared. You've created that neighborhood because of the policies that you choose to implement because you don't care. So yes, you should be gone. You should never be able to make policy ever. White supremacist accused of murder says he came to NYC to kill blacks. There's so much that can be done that could change the image and perception of how people feel about other groups of people, other cultures, invest in that type of re-education for people. A famed white supremacist came to New York to kill black people in the media capital of the world and took out his race rage on 66-year-old can collector, police said on Wednesday. Now, this article was March the 22nd, 2017. And there's been some other stuff that has come uh, since then. And this is so senseless. But it's continued to be fueled because the powers that be like to put out images about uh, minorities that reverberate in places 
where they don't really see and get to engage and, and have an encounter. So the only time they see it is on TV or in movies, if they happen to see them in movies, and through social media or through the media itself. And and so that is another thing, again, that is a, an ugly stain on this country, which is why I don't understand how anybody could feel like this place is great. It has good qualities. It has the potential to be a great nation. But if you were to go down a checklist and evaluate it, like we evaluate athletes, we evaluate teachers, we evaluate coaches, we evaluate everything. So why can't we evaluate this country? Why is it that everybody wants to shy off of that and not talk about its flaws? If you don't talk about them, you're never going to address them. But maybe that is the ploy. Maybe that is exactly what the powers of be want to happen. They don't want people to talk about it because if you talk about it, then you have to address it. And we can see that they don't like for people to address anything. And anytime anything actually comes to light now, they want to try to hide from it and not only hide from it, but you kind of have to be careful nowadays, and not even nowadays, because this has always been in play as well. If you look through history, people who have too much knowledge or too much information oftentimes times get, you know, taken out. They, they disappear for in many, many different ways. And that's actually happened here recently. Article March 23rd, 2017. Now, everybody can sit and hem-haw and and try to go back and forth, even on CNN and MSNBC and Fox, you know, they're, they're having these debates on whether, you know, Trump has ties to the Russians. Let's be clear, he has those ties. Let's also be clear that the Russians had something to do with the election. Now, how much impact it had, I don't know, and I'm not going to say in a spouse that I know. But from what is what is clearly out there, anybody with any type of sense can see Something is not right. How you can try and defend a person that's sitting in that office of president of the United States to be so chummy-chummy with a clear adversary, a clear adversary to this country. Had that been a Democratic president, oh, my God, what you Republicans would have said. It's it's amazing how you're, you're either quiet about it or you're trying to defend on some level. And even his aides, even people that worked for him on his campaign and things. So let me get into this particular article because the star witness in a treason trial involving Trump's campaign chair was just shot dead. Hmm, how convenient how he was shot dead. So again, this was March the 23rd, but yesterday, according to the article, documents surfaced showing that former Trump campaign chair Paul Manafort, and I'm sure many of you, if you're following any of the politics, have heard that name flashed quite a bit, had received at least $750,000 in illegal payments from former Ukrainian President Viktor Yunukovych. I know I probably butchered that name as well. (laughs) I'll I'll try and practice. um, But anyway, who is about to be tried for treason in absentia in Ukraine. Today, Denis Voronikov was shot to death in the streets of Kiev in broad daylight. 
just a few weeks after he said he would testify against Yukonovich and his cohorts, Manafort included. How convenient that this man would be shot when he's about to give information concerning all this stuff that's going on. So at the end of the day, at the end of this week, as we can see, decisions that have been made by those individuals that have been elected to continue to create policy that are reversing things that were going in a positive direction for many, many individuals, how we can be in a country that is supposedly so rich and, and so great how we cannot provide health care for um, all of our individual citizens. It's, it's just a travesty. It really is. Uh, you say that you're these great business people. You say that you're these great individual uh, people with great ideas, yet you've not come up with a concept that could make that happen. Then you need to go. You've had your time to try and figure it out. Now go. Go and let somebody else do it. But the reason why you won't go and the reason why you continue to put out different things about uh, that, that distract the American people from understanding what you're really doing is because you don't have any intentions. You don't have any intentions on getting it right. Because it doesn't benefit your pocketbook to get it right. It doesn't benefit business to get it right. So at the end of the day, it comes back to, no, it's not about the American people. It's about the dollar, the almighty dollar, money. Well, hey, your Bible says the root of all evil is what? The love of money. And y'all love y'all some money. And y'all will lie, connive, and do everything possible to get that almighty dollar. Not realizing at the end of the day, we're all going to end up in the same place. In the ground. I don't care what you look like. You can be white, black, Asian, Mexican. You can go down the list. One thing that will never change between anybody on the face of this earth that has ever lived and ever will live on the face of this earth. There's one thing that I don't care how much money you have, I don't care what your last name is, where you have resided, where you've been in this world, what position you've held, what your title was. At the end of the day, you will die and you will go into the ground. Period. Doesn't matter where you bury, doesn't matter who does the ceremony, and you're going to. That won't change. So, why people continue to see the need to do people wrong just boggles me. Yet, you continue to espouse and say that you're trying to help, and in this case, the American people. Well, that's a complete and utter lie. And I, for one, would like for you to stop lying. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to the American people. Again, people will probably respect you a lot more if you would just tell the truth about what you're doing. We understand that rich people don't want to give up their money. 
Hey, we understand when people have power, you can see it just on a regular job. It, it, it's the nature of humanity for some reason. That's the fallacy of us as human beings. Because when people get power, often they often abuse it sometimes. You, you don't have to be in a political position to see that. You can see that every day on our jobs where people will have to endure that type of treatment sometimes. It's not fun on that level. It doesn't feel good on that level. It's not right on that level. So why should it be right to, for our elected officials to do the same things to us? So when you come back and really look at this idea of, of having the egg on the face, well, yeah, you got played. You need to allow myself to be played. And herein goes to motive and motivation behind why we choose what we choose and why we choose to affiliate with the things and the people and the organizations that we choose to affiliate. Are we doing these things because we want to make ourselves feel better than other people? And if that's your motivation, I'm sorry, it, it, it doesn't show a long-term success rate. Yeah, in the short term, you may get what you want or whatever, but in the long term, it just doesn't benefit you. Now, I'm not saying that people have to change the way they believe, but just understand that's the way you believe. There are so many people in this world, and they don't have to believe exactly how you believe. And as long as it doesn't infringe on your right as an individual person, and I would encourage many of you to go back and read this Constitution. Go read the, the founding documents, which I've, I've actually done several times, and understand that you're no better than anybody else. And if we're going to live in this co cohabitive uh, uh, type of a society, there are a lot of people in this world and there are a lot of people in this country that need to change your way of thinking because you're no better than anybody else. I don't care even else. No matter what your stature is, you're no better than anybody else. And so when we continue to put people in offices and then the gains or the increases that people have made to try to make life better the steps that you go backwards, that's not something that uh, that had to happen. And so you, a, a person would, would question, a psychologist or a therapist might question it, whether you enjoy the infliction of this pain on yourself. If not, if you truly say that you really care about people, and that you're truly not a racist, if you really care about making this country great, then you respect the fact that people have different talents. You have respect for the fact that people have different gifts, different ideas, different expressions of those ideas and gifts and talents. Because That's what makes 
this world go around if you think about it. How much more could we benefit <clears throat> as a collective if people would stop fighting each other and if, if, if people would just learn to respect the fact that not everybody has to look like you, believe like you. I'm okay with you living in your dwelling in Montana or Florida or California or South Dakota or whatever and you leaving me alone. Okay, that's fine. But I don't have to believe like you. And we can make that successful all across the board. So I would encourage people because midterm elections will be coming up. I would encourage you to get involved. I would encourage you to make sure that you're registered to vote. That's another thing that we will probably talk about uh, at some point, this freedom, trying to keep people from the ability to vote. But we're going to wind down this, this time and really just, again, like I said, um, each week, or maybe not even each week per se, but each time um, we'll be looking at these things. And let's just look at this from in an in a aspect of humanity. I really am trying really hard not to even look at it in an aspect from totally from an aspect of the racial divide, which is obvious in this country on so many levels. But just basic humanity, it doesn't add up. But if you like egg on your face, if you like how it, how it tastes raw, I guess some people do eat raw eggs. But if you like that type of thing, you'll keep going down and continue, continue to make decisions in the ways that people have been making them thus far. But if not, let's really make a change. Because at the end of the day, most people just want to live a happy, peaceful, successful life. Mm-hmm. 